You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway. An attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to Break a Bat, where baseball meets Broadway and sports meets show business. This is Al Malafrante coming at you from the batter's box with a very special hitter. I feel very fortunate that every once in a while we get to welcome folks onto the show who are not only all-stars on stage or screen or at the stadium, but off of it as well. Today's hitter is someone we've come to know and love for her work on screen that, at least here in New York, spans nearly two decades. Be it through what she's done on ABC News, Good Morning America, GMA3, and of course 2020, our guest today is someone you can always count on to bring a smile to your face, tell it like it is, and inspire you on so many levels. She's just authored an all-new children's book alongside her husband, Andrew Shue, titled Better Together, a sweet tale published by the fine folks at Flamingo Books, an imprint of Penguin Random House that's all about finding common ground and accepting and appreciating one another's differences. In addition to this, I think in many ways, she's such a perfect hitter for the Break a Bat lineup because, uh, like so many of you in our audience, she's also a tremendous fan of both sports and theater, which makes today even more special. (laughs) I'm so grateful she could join us today. So with that being said, I ask you all to please turn your attention to home plate. Just be on the marquee. Now batting, Amy Robach. Amy, welcome to Break a Bat. Wow, thank you. That was such an awesome introduction. I was smiling and and just felt so warm inside. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you couldn't tell, I'm pretty thrilled to have you here too. If I had to like describe the vibe in the batter's box of the folks at home, it's kind of like World Series game meets Tony Awards for me. I can't thank you enough. This is so (laughs) awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You've had quite the start to the fall. Our beloved Broadway's back, your hometown Atlanta Braves in the World Series. Most importantly, congrats on Better Together. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And don't forget my Georgia Bulldogs. We're number one. So I'm having a stellar fall right now with the Braves and the Bulldogs. And yes, Broadway, it's all the all the Bs. That's the three Bs are really and better together. The four Bs, actually. There you go. <laughs> that was not for her. She thought of that on the fly, folks. <laughs> It's true. (laughs) (laughs) So now you've got two books on the back of your baseball card within a six-year span. Different subject matters, but Mm -hmm. I know much like your first book, this story hits particularly close to home for you, being a parent of children in a blended family. Why was now the right time to write Better Together? 
to be perfectly honest, we wanted to make sure that we survived and we thrived and we were better together because anyone who has tried to blend a family knows it is touch and go. And this is a pretty sobering statistic. More than 70% of second marriages with stepchildren, with children in the home, don't survive because it is so hard. There are so many different opinions coming in and so much that emotion that everyone's dealing with. So we went through all of the ups and downs. We still go through ups and downs, but we have been able to really have the time to reflect. Um, Four of our five have flown the coop. And when we see our kids together now, even as as recent as a few months ago when um, our my oldest and his youngest went off to college before he left the group hug and the, and the love and the just real connection was so apparent. We looked at each other and we said, we did it. (laughs) We did it. And, and I wanted to share the lessons that we've learned blending our families with other people who are in the middle of it or trying it or thinking about it. And really just with anyone, when you're trying to get along with other people who don't do the same things you do, who don't eat the same things you eat or play the same games you play, we see it in classrooms. We see it honestly in politics. We see it with our neighbors. We can all learn something about realizing that our way isn't the only way. Our way isn't even necessarily the best way. And It's about opening your heart, opening your mind to other ways of thinking and doing things. Now, to start the book, you use a backdrop of a stormy night, which I think in some ways is symbolic of the initial challenge many parents face when broaching these types of subject matters with young children. Um, When you and Andrew were setting out on this journey together, how aware were you of the challenges that you might face? So unaware. Um, You know, I think the storm could be a euphemism for divorce, just for any kind of tumult or upset in your life where things are changing and things aren't the way they used to be. And I think anyone can relate to that. Everyone has probably multiple storms in their lives and kids especially need some um, perspective. And so um, when Andrew and I truthfully met, we fell so madly in love with each other that we were crazy in love and just crazy enough to think that we could do this and it was going to be this beautiful, amazing thing. It was, but we weren't really thinking at all about the challenges. We had talked, of course, about trying to blend our parenting style and the excitement of me having the girls and him having the boys thinking that was going to be a Brady Bunch-like moment. And in fact, the kids watch Brady Bunch DVDs in our car nonstop. I actually think it helped. It, it, It actually made them feel like, hey, other families have been doing this for a long time and, and it can be fun and it can be comedic and it can be, you know, interesting and, it, and it, there can be lessons learned. And so we actually used the Brady Bunch to try and help guide our children in a lot of ways. But no, we were not prepared for how difficult it was going to be and the emotions that would be involved and the, the things that we were going to have to give up. You know, we talk about compromise in a marriage, but it's a, it's it's even more significant when you're bringing children into it from another family and and having other parents, ex spouses in the mix as well. It's it's a it's a whole other set of challenges that I don't know that anyone can truly prepare for until they just jump in and dive in. And I think because we got married so quickly, if we had time to think about it, if we knew what we were facing, we might not have done it, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one, I obviously am a huge Brady Bunch fan myself. Hopefully no one got hit in the face with a football like Marsha, obviously. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) uh, The other thing that was so great about the book is though you talk about and present 
principles to young readers in the same way you did with your own kids back when you and Andrew first blended your families, like, you know, through animals you'd find in your backyard, the squirrely family and the McMunk family, as we see in the book. At the time, was there a lot of debate between you and Andrew as far as how to handle it, be it, I'll talk to my daughters about it in this way, and he'll talk to his kids about it in that way, each in our own lanes, and then eventually integrating both styles of parenting? So I think it started out like that for sure, but we realized pretty quickly that we had to do it together. We had to be a team, but initially, yes, you kind of have, you know, each individual team on the sidelines and you're the coach and you're talking to them and you're trying to make sure that they understand. And that's a big part of it initially so that there's trust and that there is some solidarity within that group, but then you can't have opposing teams because that doesn't work well either. And so, you know, you then have to try to blend the teams into one, which is not an easy feat at all. And really it is about trust and love and learning where my role is as a stepmom, where his role is as a dad. And um, there's, there really isn't a playbook for it. And, you know, in fact, when we see a lot of it, other than the Brady Bunch, you know, you think about a lot of films, it's the evil stepmom, it's the evil stepdad, horror films are created around it. And dare I say, even a few Disney films. So, you know, it's one of those things you're almost kind of overcoming a stereotype and asking your children to trust you as the parent, that this is going to be a beautiful experience ultimately. And that level of trust has to grow slowly over time. But yeah, you do, you do start out on two different sides, uh, uh, you know, of the field, so to speak. What was the big breakthrough moment where you realized the ways in which you were teaching them were actually really effective? Because that's that's like one term I would I really associate with this book. It's just very effective. Was there a breakthrough mm. moment for you? I think we did have one. So it came actually, it was our own kind of personal family storm. We had just moved in together. We decided to go on a family hike. And it was up in Bear Mountain. Anyone who's in New York knows the area. And it's actually an expansive mountain. And it was back when we had blackberries and not iPhones. And so we didn't bring them with us because it wasn't about picture taking. And as luck would have it, we got lost on the Appalachian Trail somewhere and darkness was, was coming in. We had no water. We had no extra food. We were ranging in age from, I think, four to 14. And we all got scared, all of us. And it was so cool to see how Nate, the oldest, and Annalise, the little, had to come together because Anna couldn't walk anymore. And everyone was crying. And Nate put her on his shoulders. And we all banded together and made a choice which trail we were going to take, how we were going to find our way. It was uh, an epic moment where we were all in it together. And it was that feeling of fear and and trepidation that created a bond among us all that we could trust each other, that we could lean on each other, that we could love each other, that we could get through it together. And, and we ended up finding a road and um, we were literally having to hitchhike (laughs) back to our car. We had no idea where we were, but the kids I think will all point to that moment as the moment we felt like a family, like a team who was figuring out something very scary together. And we all I think that for us was the watershed moment, the turning point where we all were like, okay, we got this. We're a good team. We figured it out. Oh my gosh. I, my mind immediately went to the Grand Canyon episode because now all I can think yes. about is the Brady Bunch. Yes. <laughs> right? I know there was a total parallel to that. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I absolutely love it. And you know, you just tell such a tremendous story with a great message in the book. And I know in the past you've talked about how your love of storytelling is such a big inspiration for you when you go on air each day. On that note, I find it to be no coincidence 
that you're such a big Broadway fan. And I mean, you don't just love going. You're a legitimate fan and student oh. of theater, right? It's like- I, So I, much so. Yeah, it's like the two go hand in hand. They do, they do. You're totally right. And I would actually say, so my aunt and uncle are theater directors. They were my high school theater directors actually growing up. And so I accredit even my ability to do what I do every day to all of the theater training I got from them and watching my mom be in community theater. Um, we, that, that art of performance and communicating and it, it, it's an powerful thing. When you can tell a good story, you make people feel things, you move people, you change their minds. Sometimes you definitely open their minds a lot of ways through that art. And so it's not even to me, uh, it wasn't even a big move to go from being in theater and performing to then um, being in journalism and being a broadcast journalist. And then of course, it was always a little bittersweet for me to go to plays initially because I wanted to be up on stage because the joy of being able to, to move people in a live audience, you know, with, with singing and dancing and and celebrations, but also in in poignant moments as well. So I, I, I now um, feel like, I've got my own stage, but I still have so much love and joy for, for those who get up on the stage and perform each and every night. So I think since Broadway's been back, I think I've been to a show almost every week now. And it's just been so fun to see the joy and just the excitement because so many of these performers obviously were struggling with how to how to have an outlet, how to how to communicate, how to how to reach people, how to still do what they love uh, in the middle of a pandemic. But I I could not be happier being a patron of Broadway each and every week. What's your favorite show that you've gotten to see since it opened back well, up? Well, so I am obsessed with Moulin Rouge. I saw it for the third time, the first time since the pandemic, but my goodness, Aaron Tveit, I just could listen to him they, you know, sing the phone book. He's just, he is such a brilliant singer and performer and actor. I'm I, I, I got to interview him on my show too, GMA3, and I was a little tongue-tied. <laughs> I was a little starstruck. I have a slight crush on him. I don't know who doesn't, uh, but that was my favorite. But, you know, I went to go see Aladdin, which I had never seen before. And, oh, my gosh, it just brings joy to your face. I saw Waitress last week. We saw Lion King. And I want to see – I'm really dying to see um, Hades Town. I think that's next on my list. So it's just it's just a never-ending source of joy and entertainment for me. You know, you did quite a rendition of almost like being in love from Brigadoon <laughs> when you were competing for Miss Georgia back in the day. That video is online, Ooh. folks, and Amy's voice is just lovely. Um, oh, wow. do, you, you, do you still like perform a little bit on the side? Because, I mean, I, you, those, you had the skill there. I feel like you have to maintain a gift like that. Well, I was in Marie's crisis uh, on Friday night. So singing in a group loudly where no one can really single out my voice is my jam now or um, a little karaoke sometimes. But no, I don't I don't really do. You know, my daughter now is a performer. She was at the bitter end uh, last. She's performing again, actually, on Sunday night. Plug there. Um, Halloween night. And she she has taken over my reins. And I'm very happy to watch her step on on stage and do what she does. And she's way better than I ever was. So I'm very happy to cheer her on and sit in the audience. <laughs> you know, your old friend Al Roker did a little Broadway stint and waitress ever give any thought to something like that, even like a limited run. Um, I would 100% do it. Like that's not even a question. I would jump at the chance to do something like that. That would be living the dream truly. <laughs> I would love to see it. And, um, you know, on the other side of our backdrop, I have to ask you, you know, 
I mentioned your hometown Atlanta Braves headed back mm-hmm. to the World Series for the first yeah. time since 1999. I know you've got a lot going on with the book release and your daughter's upcoming show, but will you be getting into the games <laughs> this week? I mean, I'm definitely going to be watching from home and cheering or maybe at one of the local bars around here. Yes, it's it's always so fun to root for a team. I love rooting uh, for the Braves. They they I think it's their year. Um, and again, my Georgia Bulldogs, too. I am really hoping to finally get some sort of um, let's just say redemption. Uh, you know, Alabama, they're going down. <laughs> I thought you weren't roll supposed to sh- roll over. <laughs> <laughs> You're usually not supposed to show bias, right? In your position. But I guess when it comes to that rivalry, you have no oh, choice, right? <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I actually covered the SEC finals when it was Georgia, Alabama, and I was there on the sidelines. We thought we had it. And of course the Hail Mary pass, we, we lose and it's crushing. And, and I really actually cried there with Uga standing next to me. And the worst part was the next morning, the journalist that I am, I had to be there with Alabama and interview all the players and the Nick Saban. And, and it was actually painful for me. I was like, I know I'm supposed to be objective, but this is really hard. I did it though. I did it. It was, it wasn't an easy day for me. It was one of my hardest days as a journalist. (laughs) Wow. I mean, listen, you've certainly have had many challenges in your life and you know, one, you know, you talk about that example on air, um, there's one thing I did want to touch on with you for a moment because in so many ways it serves as such a huge reason why I've always found you to be such a special presence on the air. And it's the way you use your platform off screen as someone who battled and, and survived breast cancer. Uh, you literally got a mammogram on live TV mm-hmm. to demystify it for women who might be nervous about doing that. Uh, and what started as an initiative to help others ended up helping yourself more than anyone. And I've so admired all the work you've done since bringing awareness to early detection and being vigilant about your health. I know you've accomplished so much on screen. And although you're super down to earth, do you ever take a step back and celebrate what a big difference you've made? Well, that's very kind of you to say. And it can make me emotional because it is my passion because it was someone else's intervention to me, Robin Roberts, uh, the amazing woman I work with each and every day who got me into that mammogram. And I would not have had a mammogram until I was 50 because that is a recommendation. I don't know many women who want to do something they don't have to do, especially something that's considered pretty painful and not fun at the very least. And if it hadn't been for her nudging me into that mammogram, I, I shudder to think where I might be. And, you know, I felt like I was perfectly healthy. I ended up having two malignant tumors in my right breast and it already spread to my lymph nodes. So this was not something that I could wait on, certainly something I couldn't wait a decade on. So I, I really do believe in paying it forward. And I feel blessed that Robin was in my life to get me into that mammogram. And I hope that I can use my platform to get other women to make and keep those potentially life-saving appointments. And yes, hearing back from women, and I've heard back from countless women, either on the streets, in emails, sometimes in personal letters and cards, where they have said, your story saved my life. And so I always urge whatever it is that you've been through, when you talk about it, whether it's mental health, physical health, whatever, you are making people think about things differently and perhaps making them take their life or their health, uh, putting it into perspective and, and giving them the opportunity to be the stewards of their own ship. I think everyone kind of wants to think things can't happen to them. But when you hear and see from someone who might look like you or is your age and you think, wait, they had cancer, you, the ripple effect of telling your story is huge. And so it, it all goes back to journalism in the end, right? Because when you tell 
stories and you tell stories in the right way, in an honest way, in an authentic way, and with good intentions, the, the, the impact is is significant. So it, it is one of the pr- my, my proudest uh, achievements. I don't know if it's an achievement or accomplishment. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of the work, hopefully, that I continue to do by telling my story and encouraging women to make their health a priority because it is something women tend to not do. They tend to take care of everyone else in their lives and they ignore their own issues. So, you know, I've got two friends right now who I just was talking to earlier today who are battling stage four metastatic breast cancer. It's never lost on me how lucky we all are to be here right now that we're none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And some of us and some more than others are reminded of that each and every day that today is a gift. And so that for me has been the silver lining in all of this, that the lessons I have learned from battling cancer, and it's not something you ever lose or leave because you get tested multiple times a year. You're always waiting for that other shoe to drop. And it's just a reminder to live, to live your dreams, to, to run those races, to climb those mountains to tell people you love them, to be willing to be vulnerable. Those are all the things that make life worth living, in my opinion. And I learned that as a cancer survivor. That's that's just brings to mind, you know, I mentioned your first book, which is titled Better, where you, you know, you talked about <laughs> your journey and, you know, appreciating life in the way you, yeah. you know, you just spoke about. Uh, it was so moving. And I also thought it was so cool how your latest book, at least as far as the title goes, is kind of yeah. a play off of that. It's just, it's, yeah. you know, it represents different chapters in your life in some ways. And I just think that's incredible. Thank you. No, and I agree. And I think, you know, it's it's always good to look at the positive. You know, obviously there are negative things that that happened and, and, and will probably continue to happen that I deal with fear, et cetera, with cancer. And same with blending a family. There are still going to be negative, tough things that we're going to deal with and try to struggle through. But it's it's true. If you look at the bigger picture, if you're not focused on the, the specific moment or the specific thing, at the bigger picture, we're better together. And I'm better because of cancer. And so I choose to look at it through that positive narrative. And you can you can look at the same thing through a different lens, and it has a whole different meaning. So I choose to see the positive in all of those experiences. And when you reflect back, that's that's usually how we remember things. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's certainly the truth, Amy. And, um, you know, I've outlined many of your accomplishments um, that, you know, you've had over the years. But uh, we do a little thing here on Break a Bat where it actually might get 
pretty tough. Not necessarily as tough as the challenges that you've overcome in your life, but uh, it's called Fastball Derby. And it's like an opportunity for you to become an official member of the baseball meets Broadway crossover community where, um, you know, you have to picture yourself in the batter's box. It's the ninth inning two outs, games on the line. Araldis Chapman is on the mound throwing 105 <laughs> miles an hour. Do you know Chapman? I've seen you in a Yankee uh, yeah. hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, yep, I, I'm a fan. <laughs> so basically, you got to think quick. I'm going to ask you a question. You tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. And since you're such right. a great storyteller, if you want to sprinkle some of those in there as well, I'm sure the audience will love <laughs> okay. to hear them. Okay. Favorite New York City meal? Oh man, I think a Five Guys burger. <laughs> Toughest interview you ever had to navigate? Ooh, maybe John Bobbitt, John Wayne Bobbitt, you know, Lorena Bobbitt and the issue. And that was one of those moments where I walked in and, and he was telling penis jokes and this is a serious story. And that was a real tough one to navigate because I think it was about a four hour interview because we did a two hour special on it. So that was um, an unexpectedly challenging interview that I was not fully prepared to handle or deal with. You're a great chef, especially when it comes to dishes of the keto variety. What's Amy Robach's culinary specialty of the keto variety? Mm. Mm, I'm going to go with the pumpkin swirl cheesecake because it was something I made before keto and we, my mom and I learned how to adapt it and make it even better. I would say, uh, low carb sugar free. So it's the pumpkin swirl cheesecake. You can be the lead in one Broadway musical. What is it? Oh my gosh. What would it be? Um, I think Les Miserables, I th or is it Les Miserables or Miss Saigon? It's a, those are my two favorite ones. Um, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Les Miserables. Soundtrack from a Broadway flop that you enjoy the most. Oh, chess. Was it a flop? I think it maybe was. I love chess. And if you haven't heard of it, it yeah. But check it out. It's so much better than it was given credit for. There's a lot of shows like that. And I'm always curious to hear you know, what sticks with folks, um, even though the show didn't necessarily have worldwide success. Yes. So chess, I'll have yes. to check that one out. Oh, oh, I, I, I know him so well. There, there's so many good songs. I think you'd like it. I got to check that out. I'll give you my recommendation quick before we continue. Did you see okay. Disaster on Broadway when it was on a few years ago? No, but it lived up to its name. Yeah, pretty much. As far as ticket sales, it, it opened in yeah. January, closed in May type of thing. Yeah. But that's one I should check out. Okay, I will. Yeah. All 70s songs. You got to You got it. You'll love oh, it. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, duh. I'm, 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 <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite playlist is Yacht Rock which my kids make fun of me about, but it's basically just like mellow seventies. It's the sailing is my favorite song, Christopher Cross. Fun fact. <laughs> you, you get a bit of a pass for that though, since you were actually born in the seventies. I was born in 1990. True. I don't get that pass from my friends. True, so. true, true. But I, I've got, I've got all my, I've got all my daughters. Like they, they do, they, they make fun of me, but then, but then they listen to it and they like it. All right, there we go. Okay. Uh, all right. Yankee question. Team Derek Jeter or team A-Rod? Uh, Jeter. Great answer. <laughs> there's usually no right or wrong to this game, but that is one question where there's a right or wrong answer. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I know you can't say that much since he works for ESPN. Anyway, we'll move on to the next question. Um, <laughs> we've got the holidays coming up. Favorite holiday tradition? Oh, let's see. Well, I'm trying to think because we... 
we always cut down our own Christmas tree, which is a super fun thing to do. But honestly, I would say it was always apple picking too, but now my kids are getting older and we can't get them to come with us. So, um, we, I think the other thing we love to do is go skiing. So that's probably one of my favorite things to do. And we're going to be doing that again this year. Fact about Amy Robach that would surprise people the most. Hmm. Let's see. Um, I don't know how surprising it's, it's, it's hard to know what would be surprising to someone or not. I'm obsessed with cleaning. I like cleaning makes me feel good. Like when I'm stressed, I clean and that always puts me in a, in a much just more Zen mood. So everyone needs to just get out of my way when I'm vacuuming and I vacuum at least twice a day, slightly OCD. Maybe is that, I don't know if that's shocking or not. I don't know. Maybe Alice rubbed off on you from the Brady Bunch or something like <laughs> know, that. Was, that was always my joke. They're like, you're the Brady Bunch. I'm like, except we don't have Alice. Um, I'm Alice. I'm Alice. <laughs> Multicasting is Alice and uh, Carol. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I go both ways. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite moment in your career? Um, there have been so many highlights, I have to say, and it's hard to just pick one. I know one of the most memorable ones for me was when I was able to go to Nigeria on Malala Yousafzai's 17th birthday, meet with her, meet some of the parents whose daughters had been abducted by Boko Haram and and shine a spotlight with Malala on these girls who people had at first said, never forget, let's remember these girls. And then just no one thought of them again, these 400 some girls, school girls who were kidnapped merely for going to school by um, Boko Haram. And so to be able to go and tell their story and through the lens of Malala Yousafzai, who's probably the, the bravest, most incredible young woman I had ever met in my life, who decided to celebrate her birthday by, by celebrating other women and, and championing the cause of, of a right to education for all women. And I think for me, that was a real standout moment and one of my favorite um, interviews I've ever had the privilege to do and such an important message because we all are very quick to, to tell a story but we very often don't follow up on a story or continue to talk about things that need to be talked about. Lastly, what's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? Mm, never, ever, ever give up. And I really believe in that. I really think that it is through hard where people always ask, you know, how did you get where you are? And like people say, right place, right time. But at the end of the day, you have to put yourself in a lot of different places <laughs> as often as possible to have that intersection happen where you're in the right place at the right time. And so I said yes to everything pretty much uh, early on and things that didn't seem glamorous and things that didn't seem like they were going to get me anywhere. But you never know when that chance meeting is going to happen, when that when that moment that's going to change your life is there. And if you're not present and you're not you know, in the arena, so to speak, You'll never know what could have happened. So never, ever, ever give up. And, and, and I know people can look at certain people's careers and you can say, oh, look, it was just a big trajectory up, but it wasn't. It was up, it was down, it was down, then it was plateaued. And then, you know, you just have to, you have to stick with it and you have to, and you can't let other people, you can't give away your power and you, you know, you can't control, you can't control what happens to you, but you can always control how you react to it. And, and that's always been my motto. And something else I've just done. I'll just add my little, um, 
bit of advice that I have um, heard and I've used and, and remind myself of, I'm not invested in the outcome. And that may sound counterintuitive. I'm invested in the process because ultimately we don't control the outcome, but what we can control is what we give to the process. And so that has really helped uh, guide me. I gave you like 12 pieces of advice. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think you hit a grand slam in fastball derby today. Amy. <laughs> oh, there you go. I love the baseball terminology. Just bringing it full circle. Absolutely. And, and it, that, that grand slam very much uh, applies to Better Together as well. I'm so f- happy that folks are going to have the opportunity to read it, especially around the holidays. I think it's just yeah. such a great message. And um, if you talk about one last particular takeaway that you hope folks get from Better Together, what would that be? There's no one right way to do anything. And your way is not necessarily the best way. It's a very hard lesson to learn. It's hard to say, to swallow your pride, to put your ego on the side, but that's what we're talking about. Removing egos, accepting others, and understanding that actually looking at how other people do things can enhance your life, enrich your life, and make it better. And so that is what we all need to do, I think, as a community, as a family, as a country, as uh, as as a global population that we've all become. And and this isn't about you. It's about us. It's about finding a way to find that common ground. And we all have something in common. And so let's look for it. Let's celebrate it. But let's also enjoy each other's differences and try some new things. Amy, this, uh, this past half hour was just absolutely incredible. I cannot thank you enough for joining us oh, today. It was such you. an honor. Oh, well, folk- Al, you're amazing. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I just want to tell you, you, you're amazing at what you do. So I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you. That that means a lot. And um, <laughs> hey, how about this? If I get a copy of Better Together, will you sign it for me? <laughs> of course I will. That's a no-brainer. Yes, 100%. Sounds fantastic. I'll, I'll uh, see. I, I could even if I printed off the PDF copy that uh, the wonderful Elise sent over to me, maybe even if, even if you want to sign that one, that would be cool. We'll, we'll get one to you. We'll get one to you. <laughs> Well, thank you so much again, Amy. And folks, be sure to get your copy of Better Together wherever books are sold. It's available now. I can't thank all of you enough for joining us tonight. So with that being said, this is Al Malafrante signing off for the Broadway Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E 
org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.